I don't want to make anyone think that this is just like, oh, a game, I'm going to apply for some credit cards here and there and, and spend a bunch of money. Like, it's not a game, okay? It's not a game, um, but there's strategy to it, okay? There's a strategy to it. And, and the strategy is basically, how can I get the most rewards for the spending that I already do? You're listening to Young Smart Money, a podcast that inspires young entrepreneurs to take their personal finances to the next level. My name is Apple Kreider, and I am a huge personal finance nerd and entrepreneur who's constantly looking for a better way. Whether it's amassing millions of credit card points, learning which parts of the tax code can work to your advantage, or just figuring out how to run your business as smart as possible, I am all about it. Join me as I sit down with some of the smartest financial planners and specialists for young entrepreneurs out there and extract the action steps you need to get the most bang for your buck from your business. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. I'm super stoked for this episode, the first episode of season two, chapter two, whatever, of Young Smart Money. Uh, we're turning a bit, a bit of a page here. As you guys heard in the intro to this episode, um, we are focusing exclusively on personal finance for young entrepreneurs. So this is, I feel, a perfect episode to kick this off with. As a lot of you guys know, I'm a huge credit card nerd. That's kind of how I got started in the content creation space in the first place, making credit card videos on YouTube. So coming back to my roots, I kind of wanted to make this episode to break down exactly why I have nine credit cards. So some people, when they see that title, they might think this dude is absolutely crazy, paying thousands of dollars per month, per year, per whatever on his credit cards. That is not the case. I'm going to break down exactly uh, the methods to my madness and why I have nine credit cards, why I will continue to accumulate more credit cards over time um, and look forward to a lot more credit card content to come. One quick sneak peek. I'm going to be starting a series in probably a week or two now where I'm going to be amassing a million credit card points by my birthday, which is in December. So over the next roughly 10, 11 months, um, I'm going to take my current balance, which is around 300,000 credit card points and get that to a million points. So that's going to be a really exciting series. I'll probably document that once a month or so. I'll give you guys an update on what I'm doing and where I'm at. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy this episode where I break down my current uh, credit card setup and why I am doing what I am doing when it comes to credit cards. Welcome back to the show. I know it's been a little a little while, a little while since since the last episode. Um, I was on a two-a-week schedule. Wasn't a three-a-week, then a two-a-week, then a none for uh, about a month. So uh, basically, I just want to fill you guys in on, on, on where I'm at with that. And then uh, today, basically, what I wanted to talk about was uh, credit cards. So I haven't talked about this that much on the podcast, but uh, about a year, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, I was a part of, of sort of starting up or restarting up this co-working space on my college campus. And so some of the guys that were interested in hearing more about my experience with credit cards, given the fact that I have nine and I've gotten a couple thousand dollars in free travel, just got my ticket to Thailand for like 20 bucks and some credit card points um, and a bunch of other stuff like that. So they wanted to hear about it. So I basically came in, was going to talk for like maybe 15 minutes, half hour, turned into like a 90 minute endeavor. Um, and the whole while I was like, wow, maybe I should have recorded this and then it would have made a pretty good podcast. But that just sort of got me thinking and and made me remember just how much I like talking about personal finance. I mean, that's where I got started creating content. I started my YouTube channel 
um, probably close to, to two to maybe two and a half years ago, just making personal finance videos about the credit cards that I was getting and my Roth IRA and, and my investments and all this stuff. And I hadn't really talked about that stuff in a long time. So uh, being able to sit down and just have a captive audience of, I don't know, around 10 people who just were, were super engaged and asking questions the whole time and kept me going for like 90 minutes, close to maybe even two hours, um, just talking about personal finance really got me going. So I, I wanted to sit down and, and put out some kind of content for, for, for the podcast and for y'all out there just basically on why I do what I do when it comes to credit cards specifically. Um, if you guys are interested in this kind of content, I'd be happy to, to start making it again or just kind of weave it in here and there um, when it comes to personal finance. Because again, that's, I mean, that's when I'm, what I just finished studying at school, um, which is something else that I want to touch on here. But, uh, and it's sort of what got me started making content in the first place. So that's that's sort of where I'm at with that. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm making this podcast right now, just to sort of fill you guys in on, on where I'm at with credit cards, why I'm doing what I'm doing, what I'm even doing, um, why I have nine credit cards and, and all that good stuff. But before we do dive into that, I have a couple sort of just like announcements that I wanted to, to update all of y'all with since it has been a minute since we've last chatted. And um, I kind of wanted to, to fill y'all in on, on why that was and, and sort of what the future of both Young Smart Money and just Apple Crider looks like. Um, if you're interested, if you're not, probably skip ahead, I don't know, maybe five-ish minutes into the show and, and we'll dive right into the credit card stuff. But um, if you do want to hear a little Apple Crider, um, where I'm at in life and sort of what's coming next for, for both the podcast and for me, um, then stay tuned for the next five or so minutes. So Basically, I've been a little bit busy with um, my main company, which is why I haven't been, or my company, which is why I haven't been um, making podcast episodes. I've been recording them. I just haven't been releasing them because I don't want to just sort of do it intermittently. I want to kind of wait until I have, um, or, or until I can really be consistent again. I want to do two a week. I'm going to do two a week consistently. Uh, so I need to sort of build up a bit of a backlog because I, I had a backlog all the while, burned through my backlog, and then I was just out of episodes and I was like, oh, shoot. I don't have anything to release now. So I want to get back to a place where I'm comfortably able to put out two um, high quality podcast episodes a week. So that is where we're at with the podcast. I've been working on, and I've sort of alluded to what uh, my company is in the past. Uh, and basically for those of you guys that don't know, I run a company called Podblade, uh, which is an affordable podcast editing service. Basically we do um, podcast editing starting at, well, it is, it's $20 an episode that includes video, audio, uh, and an audiogram for Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever social you want to post it on. We also do um, social media content for podcasters like caption videos, audiograms, um, quote cards, all that good stuff. We, um, what else do we do? Um, we do like graphics. So any kind of graphic design you need, whether it's like podcast cover art, uh, all that good stuff. And then we also just started doing websites. So if you go to youngsmartmoney.com, uh, the podcast actually now has a website. This is something that I've been, I've been thinking about doing for a long time. Um, but a, a really cool partnership got sprung up between Podblade and um, my, my buddy's company, actually, Sundream Studios, where we kind of came together and now we're providing low-cost podcast websites for under 100 bucks. Um, we build out your whole podcast website in under 24 hours. So that's pretty cool as well. So um, if you guys want a little demo of that, if you just go to youngsmartmoney.com, you can uh, see what one of those bad boys looks like. And again, that's under 100 bucks. So super affordable as far as websites go. Um, you're not going to find a web developer to um, build you a website say 400 bucks in my experience at least maybe you will um but in my experience you got to pay a little bit more for that if you want if you want the up and up so um that's a super cool thing 
And then um, also just another quick bit of, of updates, um, announcements, whatever. Uh, there's now a Facebook group for Young Smart Money. So if you do want to get a little bit more involved, get access to the content early, I'm going to be posting all the episodes early in there. Some of them I'm going to be actually live streaming in there. So when I'm talking to a guest, if you do want to ask questions live, uh, the Facebook group is going to be the place to do that. It's going to be streaming in there. It's going to be super easy for you to just ask questions and get those answered immediately. So that's going to be super cool if you're interested in that. It's just called uh, Young Smart Money Community, I think. So if you just go on Facebook or, and just type in Young Smart Money, I'm sure I'll put a link in the in the description for this for this podcast too. Um, but if you go to Facebook, type in Young Smart Money, you will find that for sure. So if you want to get early access to stuff, I'm probably going to be like giving away some cool stuff in there too. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really know what I'm going to be doing with that, but um, it's just a place to... Um, get more engaged with the community, ask your questions, meet some cool people. So that now exists. And um, in terms of just quick life updates, I uh, just finished up college. So I have uh, two more exams over the next three days and then I'm done. And then I am out into the real world. So that's that's a bit of an adjustment. Um, I also just turned 21. So that's also exciting. But uh, yeah, so once I graduate in uh, once well, once I'm done in a few days, I am going to be doing two things. I really only have two things planned. I'm going on a 10 day uh, Vipassana retreat. Vipassana is a type of mindfulness. So um, that's something that I've been focused a lot on, especially in the last two months. I've gotten really involved in um, mindfulness and just just practicing consistently being more mindful, more present, and just more aware of um, myself and my surroundings. So that's been that's been really, really big for me. So I'm going on a 10 day. Um, it's a silent retreat. Um, no talking, no eye contact. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it, but basically you're meditating for about 12 hours a day. Um, it's going to be pretty intense um, or, or maybe the opposite of intense, but uh, rather it, it's going to be really exciting. And I'm, yeah, that's, that's happening in just about two and a half weeks, which is really creeping up. So um, as of, as of right now, I'm, I'm typically meditating for maybe usually about 30 minutes a day. So from 30 minutes to 12 hours, it's a bit of an adjustment. So hopefully, hopefully I'll work my way up a little bit closer to that 12 hour mark in the next uh, couple weeks here. But if I don't, it's going to be a big adjustment regardless. So that's coming up. And then after that, I'm going to Thailand for two months and then exploring the rest of, uh, or, or parts of Southeast Asia for probably about 30 ish days after that, maybe like two to four weeks. So I'll be in Southeast Asia for about three months. So if any of y'all are in Southeast Asia or have been there, know any cool stuff, know any cool places, definitely shoot me a DM, shoot me a message. Um, and I would love to, to hear from your experiences. I'm always, um, I mean, right now I'm trying to hear from as many people as possible who have been to the area, uh, just on, on what to do, what to look out for, what to avoid, um, all that good stuff. So if you got any, if you got any experience there, definitely, definitely let me know. I'm, I'm super, I'm a captive audience for that. So that is, that's basically what's on the docket for Apple Crider right now. I um, also I have no hair, so uh, I don't think I've made any content since I shaved off all my hair. But uh, the the whole the whole thing there was I was just bleaching it too much, and it was it was getting a little sickly. So I I could either cut off the bleached part or I could just cut it all off. And I was like, you know what? Never cut off all my hair before, so let's just try that and see what happens. So we did. Here we are. Not a big fan, but I don't regret it. So that's that's where the hair went. If you were wondering about that. And so that's that's basically all that's that's new in the world of Apple Crider. Again, I've been really really focused on Podblade right now. That's that's been the number one for me. So I'm going to be putting a lot putting out a lot more content under the Podblade brand. So we've started a blog over there, which is super cool. Uh, check it out if you want to learn more about podcasting related information, um, podcast hosting, podcast growth, monetization, all that good stuff. We're putting out articles there consistently on all of those amazing topics. So if podcasting is something you're interested in. Um, podblade.com is just the URL. 
You can find the articles, you can find the editing, all that good stuff. So that that will wrap it up for sort of like announcements and, and just sort of keeping y'all in the loop of where we're at. Again, um, number one thing though is the Facebook group. So if you do want to get more involved with the community, meet some cool people who are also fans of the podcast, fans of personal finance, entrepreneurship, all that good stuff at a young age, um, young smart money community on Facebook is the place to go. And I'm sure there'll be a URL for that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, that's basically all I got. So um, let's dive into to credit cards. So um, yeah, so so basically, as you can tell from the title, I have nine credit cards as of the time of recording this podcast. Um, and, and so why why did I do that? Well, first of all, if if there's any uh, Dave Ramsey supporters still watching, first of all, um, kudos to you for for making it this far into um, something titled "Why I Have Nine Credit Cards." Um, I guess that goes uh, a little ways to show that you're at least willing to, to hear from the other side. But I mean, if you're if you're here on the Dave Ramsey side and you're not willing to um, sort of listen to an outside perspective, feel free to just drop your hate comments now. Um, maybe I'll just write some for you. So like maybe maybe you'll say something like, who is this 14 year old telling me um, how to do my personal finances or this kid knows nothing about personal finance, um, maybe read a book. So, so stuff like that, I get that all the time whenever I talk about credit cards. So feel free to just drop those right now. Um, and move on with your day. Um, if you're not on the, on the Dave Ramsey crew, and if you do actually want to uh, maybe hear another perspective, um, I'm, I'm just going to share with you basically why I have nine credit cards and sort of the perks that I see doing that and, and what I plan to do with credit cards in the future. So um, basically, when it comes to credit cards, uh, there's there's really, there's, there's one thing that I kind of just have to say from the get-go, and that's that if you are paying interest on your credit cards, you're doing it wrong, okay? Um, I have nine credit cards. I have not paid any money in interest, okay? I'm a firm believer that credit cards are a useful tool if you utilize them correctly, and um, my definition of correctly does not entail paying any interest on those credit cards. So, um, Basically, if you don't understand how credit card interest works, uh, at the end of the month, the credit card is going to send you, uh, the credit card company will send you a statement that basically says, here's how much money you spent. And if you give us X number of dollars, um, we're good and we can move on to the next month and um, we'll, we'll call it good. And basically, so so say you spend $100 in the month, the credit card company says you spend $100, pay us $25 as your minimum payment. Um, and then we're good and we'll just carry over the rest next month, okay? So when you give them the minimum payment, um, you still owe them $75. And so that $75 is going to accrue interest at a high interest rate. So say it's maybe 20%. So that 75 now turns into, say, somewhere between 85 and, and, and $90 or something. So then uh, next month, you owe them $90 plus whatever you spend that month. So um, as you can see, paying the minimum payments um, kind of just uh, <laughs> pushes, it, it kind of kicks the can further down the road. And so that's not something that I personally personally believe in or would encourage anyone to do. I always make the uh, full payments on all of my credit cards every single month to ensure that I am not paying the credit card companies any interest whatsoever. The only money that I have paid to credit card companies is through annual fees. And of my nine credit cards, um, only two of them have annual fees on them. And those uh, I'll get to in a bit, but they make sense for me and where I'm at right now. So I have nine credit cards. Um, five of them are personal credit cards. Four of them are business credit cards. Basically, the difference here is that personal credit cards build your personal credit. Business credit cards build your business credit. Um, so, so, so I started off on the personal side, obviously, as, as I would imagine everyone does. Um, and, and basically, the day I turned 18 years old, I got a credit card. Now, the reason I got that first credit card was because I was getting super into personal finance, and I realized that having a good credit score is going to be a beneficial thing for me in the long term, 
And if I were to start building credit early through a credit card, I could start building my credit score early. And the earlier I did that, um, the better a foundation that would bring for me long term. Now, the reason that I personally believe that a high credit score is beneficial for you is because um, the, the main reason is that it's going to allow you to get lower interest rates on the loans that you get from the bank. Now, people on the Dave Ramsey side are going to say, never, never use debt, never borrow money. And, um, I just think that's that's unrealistic. Okay, given the fact that I, I would I would I would estimate the average home in America sells for about three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, um, so three hundred thousand dollars for the average home. That's going to be the biggest purchase that most Americans make in their life. Okay, that's that's going to be the biggest purchase you're going to make. Um, and, and the Dave Ramsey people will, will usually tell you like you have to buy your house in cash, and and, and so. My argument is that, okay, your house is your biggest purchase you're going to make. You're going to have to purchase that using some sort of debt, okay? And to get the best interest rate on your debt, you need a high credit score. Now, the reason I think that you are going to have to buy a house with debt is because that, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but it's somewhere around 40% of Americans don't have $500 for an, an emergency that comes up, okay? They don't have $500 in a savings account for an emergency. So given that, I think it's extremely, extremely ridiculous to propose that the average American could buy a $300,000 house um, in cash, okay? I think that's absurd. And anyone who's telling you that, I, I, I just think they don't have an accurate picture of what's actually going on in the country in terms of the average American's financial situation, okay? Um, I, I'm sure Dave Ramsey has $300,000 sitting in a savings account, but most Americans don't, okay? And um, even if you were to start saving for that house at the age of like 18, it, it, it's, just, it's just not feasible for, for most Americans who are living paycheck to paycheck, who don't have $500 for an emergency, who can't come up with 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 $1,000 to fix their car to say, oh, just save up $300,000 and buy your house. So my argument is that you need credit to get a lower interest rate on your house. Getting a lower interest rate on your house is important because it's going to save you a lot of money. Um, and, and saying that you can buy your house in cash is, is just a preposterous statement that I, I think is just, I think it just doesn't capture the, the picture of, of where most Americans are at. So, um, that is the biggest benefit that I see to credit cards is reducing the interest rate on your mortgage. Now, there are plenty of other supplemental benefits, including, I mentioned at the top of the episode, travel. Um, so I've gotten about $5,000 in free travel from my credit cards over the last two to two and a half years. Um, that is a benefit that I, that I'm realizing right now. Um, that, that I'm able to take advantage of right now because I'm not looking to buy a house right now, okay? Uh, I, there's, there's sort of different stages to building credit, and right now the stage that I'm in is like establish as much credit as possible and take advantage, reap the rewards while I'm doing it. So right now the rewards are travel benefits, but down the line when I do start investing in real estate, when I start purchasing properties, um, having those lower interest rates is really going to be the perk that's going to save me the most money long-term, make me the most money long-term because I mean, when you think about it, investing in a property, um, if you can get a lower interest rate than the other guy, then the, the, the property can make a lot more sense for you and, and you can be a lot more competitive in your offers. Um, and, and there's a whole other host of, of, of reasons why that is. But like, if you can get a lower interest rate in real estate, um, that's just that's just, just a positive thing overall. And so if I can build my credit early on, um, that's going to allow me to do that. So that is why I am building my credit and um, and I'm taking advantage of the travel stuff in the meantime, which, which we'll talk about. Um, I also wanted to say that, uh, sort of just a warning here, credit cards can be really, really dangerous 
tools. Okay, um, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the Spider-Man thing where it's like uh, with great power comes great responsibility. So um, with with credit cards, you do have to be very careful because most Americans do not utilize credit cards in the way that I personally utilize credit cards, and I'm very um, quick to admit that. Okay, that's that's why uh, Dave Ramsey has it right on a lot of fronts. Okay, I I don't argue with a lot of the points that Dave Ramsey makes, but when it comes to credit cards, I think that. If you're educated on the subject and if you take stock of whether or not you have the necessary willpower to uh, utilize them effectively, I think they can be very, very beneficial tools, again, for the benefit of getting lower interest rates on your loans. I don't ever plan to get a car loan, but you can get a lower interest rate on your car loan, um, which is not going to be very, very important in the grand scheme of things compared to like a mortgage. But if you plan to invest in real estate um, personally and uh, you don't plan to have all of the cash up front. I mean, maybe you have um, an extremely successful startup that is just raking in cash and you've just got millions of dollars in your bank account and you're just going to go out there and buy some real estate. Like, good for you. Um, personally, that's not where I'm at right now. I mean, I have a decent savings, but it's not enough to just go out there and, and just start buying properties left and right, you know? So, uh, if, if you do plan on, on, on buying any real estate, whether it's just a primary residence or investment properties, having a beneficial credit score is really going to, to help you out. But you have to be careful, okay? The average American carries something like $10,000 in credit card debt, which is absolutely absurd, okay? That that just, it, it blows my mind. And, and credit cards have some of the highest interest rates of any debt you're going to see other than like payday loans, okay? So credit card debt is, is a very dangerous thing. And once you get in that loop, it's very hard to get out, okay? Most Americans think in terms of minimum payments and credit card companies love that, okay? When you like look at a car commercial, okay? This this isn't super relevant to, to debt, but it, it just sort of exemplifies how much people think in terms of minimum payments in the US, okay? So a, a car commercial is... Uh, at the very end, they'll tell you the sticker price, but but for, for most of the car commercial, they're talking about the monthly payment, okay? They're saying this car is $412 per month, okay? That's how Americans think, okay? They think, oh, I can afford $412 a month for my car. I currently pay $500 a month for my car, so I'm saving money when I get this new car. So that's how most Americans think, okay? Um, they may be paying $412 for the next eight years, but like they're thinking in terms of minimum payments, okay? They're thinking, okay, if I make... Two thousand um, dollars every every two weeks, and then and then I I'm paying five hundred dollars a month. Like that's how that's how most Americans are thinking, and that's sort of how we're programmed to think. Okay, we're thinking in terms of of, of money in and money out every single month. Now. That's beneficial in some respects, but in a lot of respects, it, it gets us neglecting the sticker price of the actual thing and, and how long we're going to be making those payments for, okay? Because over time, all of these payments that you're going to be making um, on a car, on a credit card, for example, are going to add up to much more than the than the, than the sticker price of the car, okay? So when they show you the sticker price of whatever, uh, $30,000 on this car, if you look at the life of that car loan that they're advertising with the $412 monthly payments, you're going to be paying significantly more than that sticker price, okay? So that's that's sort of where most Americans get stuck in my in my view with credit cards. Okay, they get stuck in in, in this minimum payment trap of thinking, okay, if I buy this new iPhone for a thousand dollars, I put it on my credit card. All I have to do is pay twenty five dollars per month, and it's covered. Okay, so that's that's great. What they don't realize is that twenty five dollars a month is not going to pay off that iPhone for six years. Over which which time they've bought six more iPhones. Okay, and the, and the problem is just compounding. Okay, this is this is the problem that most. Americans get into with credit cards. So 
that really just comes down to self-awareness in my opinion um you kind of just have to you have to you have to you have to know are you the type of person that can effectively manage a credit card okay and if you're not then don't get them okay don't get a credit card and um i would recommend using using some kind of credit builder loan um if you are the type of person that could not effectively utilize a credit card now a credit builder loan is basically you um deposit uh, it, it, it's basically you're making a loan to yourself. You're making monthly payments on a loan to yourself. The money is going into a savings account that's accruing interest. And at the end of the duration of the loan that you've made to yourself, you get all of that money back um, in the savings account in a lump sum. So basically you're making payments to yourself and that sort of just shows the credit card companies that you can manage um, having having debt obligations that you're making consistent monthly payments to, okay? So credit builder loan, um, not at all dangerous. You're paying yourself. There's no risk of you getting caught in this debt spiral that you could with a credit card. So a lot safer, um, not quite as effective at building your credit long-term, but um, it, it, it's a good place to get started if you know a credit card is not right for you. Um, I'm pretty good friends with the guys over at Self. Um, Self.inc, I believe is their website. Um, I'm not sponsored by them at all, but um, I've, I've spoken with them at a couple events and they, they're doing a lot of cool stuff on, on, in that space. So if a credit builder loans is something you're interested in, I definitely recommend checking them out. Um, but, but that's, that's sort of where I would start if you, if you were, were pretty confident that credit cards were not an effect, were not going to be an effective tool for you. Okay. So that's, that's my disclaimers out of the way. Okay. So, so hopefully, hopefully I can go on and, and, and say the rest of what I want to say without, um, having any negative obligations come from it. Cause like the worst thing that I could imagine would be that somebody watches this video. Okay. They watch this video, they listen to this podcast, whatever. And they're like, Oh, um, nine credit cards equals good. I'm going to go out and just apply for a bunch of credit cards, rack up a bunch of credit card debt, and then get stuck for my entire life making minimum payments. Okay. That's like the worst thing that I can imagine. Like I would feel extremely, extremely, um, just not good and, 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 and disappointed in myself if that was the message that I conveyed with this, with this content that I'm creating right now for you. Okay. To, to educate you. Okay. If that was the message you walked away with, then I did a very poor job at conveying to you what I'm trying to convey to you. So that's why I, I wanted to get those sort of disclaimers in from the get-go and um, make sure that we were all on the same page with that. So let's let's get into let's get into the credit cards. Okay, so I've got nine credit cards. Um, like I said, five are personal, four are business, and the whole the whole the whole sort of. I don't want to call it a game. Okay. I don't want to call it a game because of the things that I just said about how I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression. I don't want to make anyone think that this is just like, oh, a game. I'm going to apply for some credit cards here and there and, and spend a bunch of money. Like it's not a game. Okay. It's not a game. Um, but there's strategy to it. Okay. There's a strategy to it. And, and the strategy is basically how can I get the most rewards for the spending that I already do? Okay. Because I'm a human being. I spend money. I have a business that business spends money. And if I'm just spending it in cash, then that's great. Okay. I spend $5 and the $5 is gone and I have nothing to show for it, or I have a, a, a burger to show for it or whatever. Um, with credit cards, you spend that $5, you get the burger, but you also get some like points or miles. Okay. And, um, I, I know a lot of people when they hear like points, they're, they're, they're instantly skeptical. Like what do these points actually do? And so <laughs> it, 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 it's tough to, to speak to a, a broad audience on this topic because everyone's coming in at a different point. But the whole the whole strategy here is like, okay, how much money do I spend in a month? Okay, say I spend a thousand dollars in a month on my personal expenses. Okay, spend a thousand dollars a month on my personal expenses. How can I spend that thousand dollars? That same thousand dollars, whether it's um, I spend four hundred on groceries and, and six hundred on rent or, or or whatever it is. Okay, how can I spend that same thousand dollars? in such a way that I can get free stuff 
for that thousand dollars that I spend. Okay, how can I spend that thousand dollars in a way that I get potentially free travel or or, or, or free stuff? Uh, for that money that I spend while building my credit score, okay? Because again, there's there's two fronts to this. It's build your credit score to get those lower interest rates long-term, and it's also uh, build your credit score and get those points right now so you can get rewarded right now, okay? So instant gratification, long-term gratification, you get both with credit cards if you're doing it right, okay? So how can you do that? Well, the biggest bang for your buck that you're going to get with credit cards, okay, hands down, um, I've gotten, uh, if I had to guess, it's less than half a million, but it's 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 greater than 300,000. So I would say about 400,000 credit card points is what I've accumulated over the last two to two and a half years, okay? Um, sounds like a big number. It is, it's kind of a big number. Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a big number. And the, the way that I've gotten, I would say at least 80% of those credit card points is from sign up bonuses. Okay. Sign up bonuses. Basically, whenever you're applying for, um, most, most credit cards have these, okay. Most credit cards have these where, where they have a sign up bonus. And, and the bonus goes something like this. When you spend a thousand dollars in the first 90 days after opening this credit card, we will give you 50,000 credit card points. Okay. That's, that's how they sound. Okay. That, that is how most um, offers are structured. It's if you spend X number of dollars in the first 90 days, then we give you X number of points, miles, cash back, whatever. That's how, that's how most deals are structured. And, and that's where you're going to get the most bang for your buck in terms of credit card rewards. Because um, in, in that example, say um, you spend a thousand dollars, you get 50,000 points. Okay. Now there's there's a whole lot of different point currencies and everything. I do everything. I do I do ninety percent. Um, well, I guess if you want to be specific, like eighty eight percent of my credit cards. No, not even. Okay, more than half of my credit cards are in the Chase ecosystem. Okay, so there's kind of different point ecosystems out there. Um, the two big ones for credit cards are American Express and Chase. Okay. These are the two big uh, kind of players in terms of credit card ecosystems. When I say credit card ecosystem, what I'm referring to is companies that have credit cards that earn the same points currencies, okay? There's a ton of points currencies out there. Um, American Express and Chase are the two biggest ones. There's a lot of, of, of supplemental ones that are kind of like with different companies. So like United has miles and Hyatt has points and Hilton has points. And all these companies have like their, their different things. But the, the overarching categories are kind of Amex points, Chase points. Those are the two big categories out there. So you kind of you kind of want to pick one of these ecosystems to be in um, in order to get the most bang for your buck with points. Because I have uh, right now, I think I have about I have seven I have seven Chase credit cards. All of those Chase credit cards are earning the same points currency, which I can then move around within all of the cards. So I can put all those points onto the same card, and then I can spend all of those points um, in sort of the same place, get more bang for my buck. You know, I'm, I don't have United Miles and Hilton points and Hyatt points and all these different points. I have Chase points, which can um, be transferred into any of these other point currencies, or they can be redeemed within Chase for benefits. So that's, that's sort of you kind of have to think about that in terms of just like high level, like which one do you pick Amex or Chase? Um, Amex is beneficial for you if you are doing a a lot of business spending. So I, I would say honestly, like five to $10,000 plus per month, you kind of have to be doing in business spending for Amex to make sense for you. Um, personal side doesn't really make sense to go in the Amex ecosystem, in my opinion, right now, just, just given the, the current landscape of, of where sort of the, the credit card companies are at. So Chase kind of makes sense for everyone who's not doing very, very high spending on the business side. So anyone who's doing personal stuff and anyone who's doing um, less than 
like consistently spending $10,000 per month in business. Um, I, I think Chase just make a lot, a lot more sense for you. Um, there's a lot more options with Chase to get to get points in that ecosystem. So, um, and there's a lot more free cards on the Chase side that earn Chase points. So um, of, of my like seven Chase cards, again, like I said, only two of them have annual fees. Um, the other five all cost me $0 to have. Um, so, so, so that's kind of that. So I have my chase cards and then I'm using these chase cards to build chase points. All of these chase cards that I signed up for had a sign up bonus that allowed me to get, um, a lot of points when I applied for them. So, um, let's, let's bring it back that 10 or rather spending a thousand dollars and get 50,000 points. Example, say that's chase credit card where you spend a thousand dollars, you get 50,000 chase points. Um, what that basically equates to, 50,000 chase points is worth roughly, if you redeem it for cash back, it's worth $500 cash money today, okay? If you redeem it for um, travel, could be worth up to double that, so potentially $1,000. So basically, you're spending $1,000 and you're getting $500 in, in cash that you could have deposited in your bank account today, okay? So spend 1,000, get 500, okay? That's 50% ROI on your money, okay? I spent $1,000 this month, I got 500 back, okay? Like that's that's where the most bang for your buck is gonna be. It's not from getting 5% cash back on at gas stations or from getting 3% cash back at restaurants. Like that stuff is nice, but the majority of my like $5,000 plus in free travel has come from sign-up bonuses, okay? So again, with all seven of those cards that I signed up for, they all had sign-up bonuses. Those ranged from anywhere from 30,000 points, so $300 cash or like $600 in travel, uh, all the way up to 100,000 points, which is $1,000 in cash or $2,000 $2, in travel. So um, that's that's where the most bang for your buck is going to come from. Now, when 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 looking at sign-up bonuses, how I evaluate these things, okay? How I evaluate these things is I look at how much money am I currently spending, okay? So again, back to that example, I spent a thousand dollars in a month, let's say. That means that um, over the ninety-day span that these bonuses are going to be around for, I'm going to spend an average three thousand dollars. This means that without doing any additional spending, which I don't think you should do. Um, to, to hit sign up bonuses. I don't think you should spend additional money that you weren't already spending to hit sign up bonuses, but to get your um to get your to get your minimum spend on a sign up bonus, you can spend $3,000 in that 90-day period without doing any additional spending. So, that means that any credit card you look at that has a sign up bonus with a spending threshold of less than $3,000 is a potential credit card that you could get and take advantage of that sign up bonus, okay? So, if you find a credit card that has um spent $2,000 in the first 90 days and get I don't know, 50,000 points or whatever. Um, that's a credit card that you could potentially get and take advantage of that sign-up bonus because you're already doing the spending, okay? You're already doing the spending. That is the most important thing. If you walk away with something, it's get rewarded for the spending that you're already doing. Don't do additional spending. Don't, don't get in this loop of paying the minimum payment. Like, look at the spending you're already doing. Make your budget. Look at your budget. You should have a budget. If you don't have one, just some kind of outline of how much money you're spending. Look at that. Determine, on average, what am I spending in a month? and then uh, use that spending to get rewarded by these credit card companies without paying interest. That is the name of the, that is the strategy, okay? That's the strategy that we're following here, okay? 
So you find this credit card, $2,000 spend, 50,000 point bonus. You could potentially get that credit card and hit the spend without doing any extra spending and get that bonus. That is it, okay? There's no strings attached to these things. It's not you have to uh, keep spending on the credit card for another two years to actually get the points. No, those points are in your account. They are yours. You own them. You can close the credit card the next day and uh, you're good. But I wouldn't recommend doing that, okay? <laughs> I wouldn't recommend doing that. That's gonna get you a big red flag with any company that you are getting credit cards from if you are closing those down right after you get the sign-up bonus. So don't do that. In general, rule of thumb for closing, for closing credit cards is um, never do it, okay? I never plan to close any of my credit cards um, with within Chase. Like I said, there's this whole ecosystem of cards. Um, you can upgrade and downgrade between cards as you kind of want within the different kind of card families. So within like the Chase card family, um, you can upgrade and downgrade cards. So if you have a card that charges you an annual fee that no longer makes sense for you to pay that annual fee and you're like, oh, I'll just, I'll just close the card. Um, don't do that, okay? We didn't talk about credit score guidelines in, in, in this sort of episode here, but um, basically just know that if you close a credit card, it's, it's hurting you on all fronts. It's gonna hurt your credit score long-term and short-term, so don't do that, okay? Don't close a credit card, downgrade it to a free option, okay? So every time that I'm applying for a credit card that has an annual fee, I'm always looking, okay, what are my downgrade options if I no longer want to be paying this annual fee, okay? So for example, I have the Chase um, Inc. Preferred Business Card, okay? It's a business credit card, $95 annual fee, each year to have this card open. That comes with a whole host of benefits, which I don't need to talk about right now. Um, but if that fee no longer makes sense for me, I can then downgrade that card to a free card, like the Chase Inc. Unlimited card, okay? That card has no fees, no nothing. I can just hold on to it forever. They're never gonna charge me a fee, and um, it's just building my credit score all the while, okay? So also just know that if you have a credit card that you're spending $0 on every single month, it's not hurting your credit score to have, it's actually building your credit score, okay? So don't 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 believe the misconception that the more credit cards you have, the worse. Um, it, it's actually the reverse, okay? So if you look into how credit score uh, credit scores are calculated, the more credit cards you have, the better, as long as you're making the payments on those cards every single month, um, and as long as you're not uh, maxing out those cards, those, those are, are great to hold on to, even if you're not spending any money on them, hold on to those cards. They're, they're helping you out in the long term. So to, to, to sort of round things off here, I know uh, this is getting a little bit longer. Um, I'm not actually sure how long we've been going for now, but <laughs> I could I could honestly talk about credit cards for um, at least 24 hours straight, if you couldn't already tell. But the moral of what I'm trying to get across here, get those sign-up bonuses for spending that you're already doing, okay? And so I've gotten all these sign-up bonuses with Chase. I've gotten, yeah, probably about 400,000 points with Chase, um, and that's redeemable for... Um, I mean, $4,000 in straight cash or uh, like potentially up to $8,000 in free travel. So that's kind of the name of the game, okay? And there's there's a lot more rules to chase that we could get into. I just, I, I don't want to overcomplicate this for people who are just getting their feet wet. Um, but but I'm gonna introduce I'm gonna introduce one more thing with with chase cards just just so you guys are aware of this and sort of understand um, why it's important to uh, start early. And um, why you should why you should potentially look at Chase cards um, earlier as well. So with Chase, they have this rule called the uh, five twenty four rule. Okay, um, five twenty four rule. Basically, what that means is if you've gotten five new credit cards, five new credit cards in the last twenty four months, last two years, five new credit cards, two years. Um, that's about one new credit card every um, what like five weeks or five months or so. Um, so if you're getting one about one one credit card or about yeah about two credit cards a year. Um, so five credit cards, twenty four months, you are automatically declined for 
pretty much all of the good chase cards, okay? Pretty much all of the good chase cards are off limits to you if you've gotten more than five credit cards in the last 24 months. That is why it's very beneficial for you to go for the chase cards early on before you hit that quota. Because again, you can always wait to... Um, have that number go back down to 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 less than five cards in 24 months, but um, that's that's going to be valuable time where you could have been earning sign-up bonuses, could have been building credit that you're no longer able to because um, you're missing out on those potential months because you have to wait for your 524 to go down to less than five cards in 24 months. So that's why it's beneficial to get chase cards early on because you can sort of get these things early in your credit building experience and then they just sort of live with you forever. You're building those points. It's amazing. Um, would highly recommend. That's what I have done. That's what I am doing. So that's the rule. Um, and so, so you want to kind of go for chase cards early on. Now, the optimal strategy, some of you guys, if you, if you don't have any credit built or if you're just starting to build credit, the optimal strategy that I would go for is um, just to walk you guys through credit card one should be a credit card with a bank that you already bank with. Ideally, you've been banking with them for multiple years, okay? So I had been banking with U.S. banks since I was like 10 years old, okay? Opened up a savings account when I was like 10, was putting my Christmas money in there, um, started working for my uncle, was putting that money in there. So I had, I, I had a long history with, with U.S. bank. Um, the day I turned 18, went into U.S. bank. I was like, yo, can you guys hook me up with a credit card? They're like, absolutely, here you go. They gave me the U.S. bank cash plus credit card. It's like awesome. So I got that credit card when I turned 18. Um, and, and that was a lot easier for me to get approved for because U.S. Bank knew um, that I was a real person. They knew that I'd been banking with them for eight years. So they were like, yeah, we can trust this dude with a credit card. Um, and they gave me like a thousand or two thousand dollar credit limit on that card um, by, by, by not having any credit going into it. So that's where you got to start. You got to start with a credit card like that. Um, or, or you can start with a student credit card. If you're a student, would highly recommend going for a student card. Discover has a really, really good student card that actually you can earn benefits with. A lot of student cards are just like, um, they're not going to give you any any rewards or anything. Discover student card um, will. So I'd start there, the Discover student credit card. If you're not a student um, and you also don't have like a long banking history with a bank, I'd go for a secured credit card. So Discover also has a pretty good secured credit card. Um, I don't even have any Discover credit cards yet, um, but but they do have some some good ones if you're just starting out. So Secured credit card basically means you give Discover 500 bucks. Um, they put it in a savings account that you can't access, and then your credit card has a $500 credit limit. The reason they do that is because you have no history, so um, they don't know if you're just going to take that $500 credit limit, max it out, and then skip town. If so, they already have your $500, and then as time goes on, if you use that card responsibly, they give you your $500 back, and you um, keep the credit card with the $500 limit, um, and they'll, they'll upgrade it, and et cetera. So, that's why I would start. Um, so either a starter card with your existing bank, a student card, or a uh, secured credit card. So the three S's, starter, student, and secured are where you should start. That's credit card one. Credit card two um, would be the Chase Freedom or the Chase Freedom Unlimited uh, credit card. Okay, Those are Chase's two starter cards. So if you did not get one of those, um, if you hadn't been, if, if Chase wasn't like your, your starter bank, you get the Chase Freedom um, or Freedom Unlimited, and then it's your third card. You'd get the other one of those. Okay, both of those right now have thirty thousand point sign up bonuses when you spend five hundred dollars in the first ninety days. That means you spend five hundred dollars, they give you three hundred dollars cash back instantly. Or if you wait, you can redeem that for travel um, for potentially up to six hundred bucks. So like you're basically spending five, getting six. Uh, that's that's not a very bad deal. So both of those have sign up bonuses like that. So those are credit cards two and three. 
in terms of, of going beyond this, this is where it gets a little bit more like dependent on your personal situation and how much money you're spending in the average month and also whether or not you're getting business cards, okay? And honestly, I could make a whole I could I could make a whole like 20 hour like curriculum on, on, on just like the, the optimal path to go down. But what I would basically say is, again, use that sort of rule of thumb of like, OK, how much money do I spend in the average month? Um, multiply that by three and then go for cards that have sign up bonuses that are less than that number. Um, one, one quick note that I also want to add is with that 524 rule from Chase. Business cards don't count for that 524 rule because business cards apply to your business credit. Personal cards apply to your personal credit. So where I'm at right now um, is I have, uh, I've gotten four new personal cards in the last 24 months, and I've also gotten four new business cards in the last like 12 months. Okay. And so all of those business cards that I'm getting, they're not, they're not adding to my, to my 524. They're not making me hit 524. Um, so that I can stop getting chase cards. But the 524 rule also applies to business cards. So if I were to, so right now uh, I'm at 424, okay, four new cards last 24 months on the personal side. If I got a fifth personal card, that would cut me off from all of the business cards, okay? So then I can no longer get any chase business cards. Right now, I can get as many chase business cards as I want, and it's never gonna put me at that cap. But if I got a single personal card, then I'm at the cap, okay? So once you kind of get closer to the cap, if you have a business, um, getting as many business cards as you can while you wait for that cap to lower is a good rule of thumb that I like to follow. So. Again, back to our little our little scenario, you get your starter card, you got your Chase Freedom, your Chase Freedom Unlimited. Um, then at this point, you kind of have to decide, okay, do you want to start getting into the, into the business side or do you want to keep going on the personal side? If you want to keep going on the personal side, um, Chase has a um, card called the United Explorer card that I got when I was just getting started. Pretty, pretty good card. The sign up, the sign up bonus, you have to spend $3,000 and you get 40,000 United miles, I believe. Um, so that's 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 a pretty nice that's a pretty nice sign up bonus. Um, just for context, forty thousand United miles was enough for a flight to Thailand. So um, forty thousand United miles will pretty much get you anywhere in the country, which is pretty nice. So um, if if in your normal course of spending you spend a thousand dollars a month, you can get that card and basically just end up with a free flight anywhere in the country on United. So not a bad deal there. Uh, that's a personal card, uh, and 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 from there you'd be at four twenty four. So I'd recommend starting into the business side of things um, with maybe the Chase Inc. Unlimited or the Chase Inc. Cash or the Chase Inc. Business. Those are Chase's like three core business cards. Um, and um, so I would recommend starting to, to, to get involved there. Now, I mean, that's that's pretty much, I, I kind of want to just leave it at that, okay? If, if you guys are interested in, in sort of a deeper dive of each of my individual cards and like why I have each one and how I use each one and all of that good stuff, um, I can definitely do that. One other quick caveat that I want to add is you should definitely wait at least three to six months between getting cards, especially when you're just starting off, between getting your first credit card and getting like the first Chase card. I would recommend waiting about six months. Chase wants to see that you have at least a little bit of history before extending you any credit. So wait at least six months before that one between like the Chase Freedom and the Chase Freedom Unlimited. You could probably squeeze that down to about three months um, between the, the, the Chase card and the next Chase card, uh, about three to six. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend going any more aggressive than every three to six months um, between credit cards. And um, again, that just gives you enough time to hit the sign up bonus with your normal spending. And then you can move on from there. Don't look too risky to credit card companies, et cetera. So that was, that was, I really enjoyed that. I hope you guys did too, but that was, that was my little spiel on credit cards. Um, I hope it was valuable to you in some way. I hope you got some nuggets out of this. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, like I said uh, yesterday, I I stood up and talked for about 90 minutes about credit cards and it didn't even feel like any time had passed. So I can definitely do a lot more of this if this is something you're interested in. Again, I love, I love, I love talking about personal finance. So if um, y'all would be interested in this kind of content, again, join the Young Smart Money community on Facebook and let me know that you want to see more of this kind of content or more of other kinds of content. Again, I'm always planning on continuing to do interviews with um, young entrepreneurs that I look up to and that I respect. So that's probably going to stay. But I I would I would I would like to incorporate a lot more personal finance or a little more personal finance stuff uh, at a minimum. So um, if that's something you're interested in, again, join the Young Smart Money community on Facebook. Let me know. Would love to hear from you there. And also check out the uh, youngsmartmoney.com. Let me know what your thoughts are on the site. And again, if you want one, um, I'll build you one for less than a hundred bucks. Um, that includes hosting and everything. So it's, it's literally a hundred bucks and you have a website and you don't pay anything monthly. It's just a hundred dollars. So uh, less than a hundred dollars actually. So, um, that's, that's basically that. Um, I, I don't really have anything else. So hopefully y'all got some value out of this episode, um, of young, smart money. Again, as always, let me know um, what you want to see in uh, future episodes or what you enjoy. And, um, I hope you guys make the most of your day and, um, continue to to find ways to thrive outside the nine to five. That's going to do it. Um, I'm Apple Kreider. Thank you for your time and um, catch y'all in the next one.